Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. On today's episode, we are chatting about a topic that I think will benefit many of us, especially if you are a newer nurse um, within your first couple years or new to a unit. This list is hopefully going to be super helpful for you. I wanted to chat about the unwritten rules of nursing, the things that people expect of you that aren't often said out loud. And truly what this boils down to is simply being the nurse that you want to have on your unit. So being a team player, working with your peers, helping out when you can. And nothing I'm going to tell you here is rocket science. It's nothing that you don't already know. But I think sometimes we need little reminders so that we remember that we are part of this team and that we want to treat people the way that we want to be treated. So let's just dive into these. I have 10 of them for you. They're in no particular order. But the first one is don't ask a PCT, CNA, another nurse to do something that you could do yourself. And this really is about your PCTs or your CNAs. Your PCTs are often such an undervalued member of the team, but they are so important to your team. So just remember that as you're going throughout your day. So if you are in a room and a patient needs to use the restroom, if they need something that like a turn or something like that, and you can do it yourself... It makes absolutely no sense for you to go find a CNA or a PCT and ask them to do it if you were already in the room and could get it done. Now, if you are drowning in work and you need to delegate to to manage your time better, that's a different story. But if you have five minutes to do these things, it goes such a long way. One, by saving time for that CNA or PCT, you have your certain number of patients. Oftentimes, your CNAs, your PCTs have an entire unit to take care of. So, they are not just sitting around doing nothing. And what might take you five minutes because you're already in the room may cost them 20 or 30 minutes because they have to get everything ready and finish what they're doing and rush to your patient's room and do all these other little tasks. So save them some time and show them that respect. That goes such a long way. And this rule goes for any other ancillary staff on your unit. If it's something that you could just do yourself, do it yourself. Again, Always, if you need to delegate to manage your time better, do that. But just keep in mind, like if you're in the room and there's a spill on the ground because, you know, the Foley leaked or something like that, don't go call environmental services if you can just clean it up really quick. That level of teamwork goes a long way. And I promise you that people see it. People see when you do that, they feel that respect and they're way more likely to help you in the future because they know that you're part of their team as well. You're on their side. Okay, number two, and this kind of goes along that same vein, if you are asking for help on a messy job, you take the mess. So whether this is a bed bath, a stool cleanup, uh, vomit cleanup, anything messy, if you're asking someone to come help you with it, 
it's not appropriate for them to deal with the mess because when they ask you for help more than likely they'll they'll know this rule and they'll clean up their own mess it's just something that we don't say out loud but it is a common courtesy if it's your patient you deal with the worst of whatever's going on this is true whether you're asking another nurse or a pct cna because they have their own messes to deal with so when it's your mess when it's your patient's mess you deal with the worst of it that's just an unspoken rule this is also true for if you've got if you need to turn a patient if it's your patient take whatever the worst part of that turn is as long as it's appropriate again if you've hurt your back or or if there's some sort of extenuating circumstance of course people are going to understand but for the most part if you are asking for help you just take the worst of that job for your patients because when you go help somebody else they should be doing the same thing for you. It's not that I'm telling you that you should be a martyr and sacrifice yourself all the time, but it's just like we said earlier, if you treat people the way you want to be treated, they're going to know to give you that courtesy when it's your turn. Okay, number three is an easy one, but it's just that you don't leave drips dry for the next shift. So at the end of your shift, go in, make sure that your drips aren't going to be running dry by the end of the shift. Don't leave, you know, a propofol that's about to run out. Don't leave, you know, a bag of fluids that's about to run out for the next shift because there's so much that goes on at the beginning of the shift. You would hate it if somebody did that to you. So always just keep that in mind. Do what you wish somebody would do for you because you'll create that expectation and people are going to follow suit. So make sure that you've got at least a backup hung or switch out your drip if it's appropriate. You know, if it's something that is a more expensive medication, don't just like waste a bunch of it. But, you know, for me, like propofol for levofed, any pressors, definitely any critical meds, I always at least made sure I had a second bag hung there so that the moment it went, went dry, they could just swap it out real quick. And number four is really similar. Get rid of discontinued lines or discontinued medications. So don't just leave an IV pump full of meds that are hanging that aren't ordered anymore, that you stopped, that you've switched out, that are the tubing is bad. Don't leave those things hanging there. Clean it up. So if they just finished that last bag of an antibiotic, take it out of the pump and throw it away. Don't just leave it hanging for your next shift. It just makes things cleaner and more organized. It, this one's a simple one. And I don't know about you, but I always found it annoying when I came on shift and there were like 42 drips hanging. I had no idea which ones were active and which ones weren't. Some of them had tubing that was no good. And so then you just got to waste time going through and cleaning it all up or, you know, changing over bags that could have been changed right before shift change. So you're just wasting time at the beginning of your shift when you're trying to manage your time the best that you can. So just remember those two. Since we're already talking about drips, let's talk about verifying drips. So number five is if you are verifying a drip with another nurse, if you're asking someone to come verify with you, have it pulled up and ready to explain what change you're making or what the algorithm is, whatever drip you're working on that you need to be verifying. Make sure that you're ready for it to happen because you're asking someone to stop what they're doing and come help you with something. So it's best just to have it all ready for them rather than, calling out and saying, hey, can you verify this drip? And you don't even have the drip from the Pixis. You don't even have it pulled up. You have to still log in. You have to make sure everything's all set. It wastes somebody else's time. So just if you're going to be verifying a drip with someone, have it pulled up in the MAR, have the drip ready, and just be able to explain to them why you're changing this rate, what you're doing here. If you're going, you know, increasing your fentanyl from 25 to 50, 
be able to explain to them why you are doing that so they can verify quickly and efficiently. All right, number six, do not leave the unit without telling somebody. So even if it's just something quick, if you're going to the bathroom, if you're going to another unit to get a med from somebody else's Pixis, if you are stepping out just to get air for a couple minutes, anything that you're, any reason that you're leaving the unit, let somebody know. Even if it's you're taking your patient on a field trip to CT or something like that, and you've got another one or, or more than one patient that you're leaving behind, let somebody know that you're leaving so that things don't just go wrong and everyone's like, where is Ashley? She just left. This is ridiculous. They're going to be upset with you. <laughs> and it's unsafe for your patient if nobody is aware that you are not watching them. Because that's what everyone in the unit is expecting, right? Everyone is expecting that each nurse is looking out for their patients, that they don't have to do it themselves because they have their own patients. So you just need to alert someone. So anytime you're stepping off the unit, it doesn't have to be anything big. You don't have to give a massive report every time. Make sure that they know critical information about your patient. But you can easily just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to step off for just one second. I got to run to the restroom and take a breather. Um, I have, you know, patients in room one and two. Patient room one is a fall risk. Patient in room two is on a few pressers, but I just adjusted them. They should be all set. Something simple so that they know a little bit about what to look out for. The key here is really just making sure that somebody's looking out for your patients regardless of where you are because things happen at the drop of a hat. You may think that you're going to be gone for two minutes and that nothing's going to go wrong, but it's going to be that time that you don't tell anyone that you're leaving that something goes wrong. So just always get in that habit. It doesn't have to be complicated, just enough information for them to take care of this patient while you're gone if anything needs to be done, but not just leaving the unit and being like, hey, I'll be back. And that's it because then they don't know anything about your patients. It's just not appropriate. So make sure you give them a little bit of information. But really the key here is just to let somebody know that you are leaving and who, which patients you have so that they can keep an eye out. And of course, just as a reminder here, if you're working on a floor where you have patients assigned to you, if you are stepping off the unit, you should be letting a nurse know that you are doing so, not a respiratory therapist, not a PCT, someone who can actually jump in if a med needs to be changed, if there's an emergency, that sort of thing. So it should always be a nurse that you're letting know. All right, number seven, stock your room before your shift ends. So it's really just a jerk move. If you leave, you know, not enough wipes for someone, if you leave nothing to clean up with, if you don't leave any pads or dressing change equipment or Whatever somebody's going to need for their shift, you would want somebody to leave it for your shift. So do that, that courtesy if you can. Of course, this is an extra. So, you know, if you have an insane shift and you're just trying to keep people alive, stocking your room is probably going to be the least, the lowest thing on your priority list. It is something that you could ask somebody else to do if, if that's possible. You may be able to delegate and ask a PCT to stock, to throw a couple things in the room if that's possible. But again, the best thing to do is stock your room if you can. So just get those those things ready for the next nurse that'll make their shift easier. Because again, you you would want somebody to do this for you. So those swabs, you know, mouth swabs or oral care equipment, make sure that those are there's enough of those in the room for the next shift. If your patient needs meds crushed going through a tube feed, make sure they have enough of um, their sterile water, that they have their kit to give them those medications, that the tube feed is not going to be running out, that, you know, they have all the tubing they need, the cords they need, basically everything that you want to have for your shift, 
make sure that the next shift has enough of that as well. If there's a wound that needs to be, um, the dressing needs to be changed, make sure they have the equipment for that. It's really just the simple stuff. Um, if there's absolutely no syringes, no needles in your room, and you know that they're going to need those for their morning or you know beginning of the, the shift meds, get those things for them. It just makes everyone's life easier. And along the same vein, your next tip is to clean your room at the end of your shift as well. So it's it goes such a long way to just empty the Foley, take out the trash if it's full, to you know pick up wrappers as you go. I can't, it's one of my biggest pet peeves was walking into a room after a nurse who's just maybe a little bit messier than I am. And I remember there was one, one nurse and he would just leave everything. He would leave every cap to a needle everywhere. There'd be wrappers from alcohol swabs everywhere. There would just be trash, the plastic wrap for a a flush everywhere. There'd just be trash. And I know that it it might sound like that's just like a, oh, I'm just being type A and being really particular. But a messy room is actually a really unsafe room as well. There's a reason that we care about the lines being tangled, the trash being everywhere, stuff all over the floor that you could trip on. Because if there's an emergency, the last thing that you want to deal with is a messy room where you don't know where things are, where there's trash everywhere that can end up under a patient or getting in your way, that you don't know where where your lines go because they're all tangled, it's a mess. In an emergency, those things matter. So it's really just nice to make sure that your room stays clean throughout your shift and it's really for the next shift, that everything's clean, you pick up your your trash, your mess, that you set them up for a successful start to their shift. So empty the Foley so that, you know, if you just gave Lasix, they're not dealing with the Foley that is completely full. Or an isolation patient that you don't have any gowns or gloves or masks ready for them to go into the room with. All these things just help your teammates. And that's really what this comes down to, is helping out your team so that they know that you're a valuable part of that team. Next thing is to clarify orders and try and complete orders as much as you can before the next shift starts. Now, nursing is a 24-hour job, so you don't have to get everything done during your shift, but it's good to try and get as much as you can done so that the next shift can, you know, just worry about completing the remaining tasks and that they don't have to be overwhelmed with a million things to do, especially if you are working day shift and you are giving report to night shift. Night shift has Uh, more minimal resources. They don't have the docs there all the time. They might have to wake somebody up in the middle of the night to get an order. So if you can clarify as much as you can and get the orders completed as much as you can, it just makes life easier for that next shift. And you would want somebody to do the same for you, of course. The easiest way to keep track of everything and the best way to do this is to make a list so that you can go to your provider or whoever you need to ask these questions to, that you can have a list for them so you can go once and ask for four different things so that you're not wasting their time constantly going back and forth. Um, And with completing your orders, if you make a list, it's just going to help you keep track of all the things that you need to do and be able to properly prioritize those tasks. The key here is just to make sure that urgent tasks get completed during your shift and just making sure that you're not waiting until the last minute to try and complete tasks at the end of your shift, that you're staying efficient and managing your time properly. Of course, if you are struggling with time management and critical thinking, I have episodes on both of those, um, especially prioritization. You'll see those episodes, and I'm always happy to repeat episodes and 
add more to the story if those are areas you're struggling with. So always let me know. Time management and prioritization are huge skills that new nurses um, often struggle with. It's something that just takes time and practice, but I'm always happy to expand on those topics if you are struggling in those areas. And then lastly, and this one's a big one, ask for help and offer help. So this is kind of a two-in-one. The first is always that you should be asking for help if you need it. Um, as, as newer nurses, I think we often think that we need to do everything on our own and that we can't ask for help, that it shows some sort of weakness or that we're not good enough, that we're not skilled enough as nurses. But truly, nursing is a team sport and you are a member of that team. So asking for help is just part of the game. And this skill will ultimately help you with time management, with prioritization, and help you grow as a nurse because no nurse does it all on her own. That's not what this profession is about. It's about doing it as a team. And if you have nurses who are giving you flack, that are giving you crap for asking for help, that's their problem. It's not about you, I promise. It's about them. So if that happens, realize that you are, you are not doing anything wrong and that asking for help is a part of this profession and that somebody else is having a bad day. That's all that that's reflecting. It's not a reflection of you. And the second piece here, part B, is offering help. I think that this is the best way for newer nurses to really integrate themselves into the team and show that their team members, that they are uh, willing to work with them and that they're hardworking and care about that team. Because if you're offering to help when you have time, it shows that you care about your coworkers. It shows that you are taking initiative, that you are not here to just sit on your phone when you have downtime, that you're here to work and you're here to take care of these patients. So like anything else, this is a fine line. So if you are drowning at work and you have five minutes to take a breath or you could help someone, take a breath, take a break, um, take five minutes to eat some food. But if you catch up, if you get all of your tasks done and you've got, you know, 30 minutes to spare and you realize that your other coworkers having a really hard time, maybe they've got a tough assignment, it's really powerful for you to offer help if you are able to spare that time. So this goes such a long way. And of course, again, recognize that you shouldn't be drowning to in order to help people. If you are drowning in your own shift, then you need to be asking for help. You do not have time to offer to help others because that's going to make you fall behind. That shows a level of immaturity as a nurse when you're trying to do way too much and you're not prioritizing. So just make sure you're perfecting those skills before you're offering to help and falling behind yourself. But if you have a moment, if you know you only have one patient because you have the open bed and there's nothing on the horizon right now and you're all caught up, go help your teammates, go offer to help turn their patients or do little things. It goes such a long way. So ask for help when you need help and offer help when you have time and it's appropriate. And this rule is not just for your fellow nurses. You can also be offering your help to CNAs or PCTs or other members of the staff who are themselves having, you know, having a tough shift. If you've got the time, help out your teammates regardless of who your teammate is. All right. So just to recap, number one, don't ask a PCT or CNA to do something that you could do yourself. Number two, if you ask for help on a messy job, you take the mess. Number three, don't leave dry drips for the next shift. Number four, get rid of discontinued lines and medications. Number five, if you're verifying a drip, make sure it's pulled up and that you have 
everything ready for a nurse to come and verify that medication with you. Number six, don't leave the unit without telling someone. If you have patients assigned to you, make sure somebody knows that you're going to be leaving the unit. Number seven, stock your room before the end of your shift. Number eight, clean your room before the end of your shift. Number nine, clarify orders and complete as many orders as possible during your shift. Don't leave work for the next shift. And lastly, ask for help and offer help when you can. So these are just 10 quick things that I don't think are written in the textbooks. They're often not said out loud. It's not something that you get in your orientation manual, but it's things that we all need to remember so that we create a culture where we're all working as members of a team. That's what all these things come down to, is how would you want to be treated by your teammates? You would want them to help you when when they can. You would want them to leave you with enough of a medication to leave your room clean, to leave your room stocked for your shift. So you do the exact same thing for them because you're setting an example and they know what to expect from you. And really you're showing that you are a team player, that you care about your unit and that you care about your coworkers. That's what all this comes down to. All right, guys, if you have other things that you think should be on this list, unwritten rules that are often not said out loud, please let me know. I can always add to this. And if you find this found this episode helpful and you think somebody else would benefit from it, definitely share it with your nursing friends, especially if you've got some newer nurses starting up. This one is certainly geared toward newer nurses or nurses who are making a shift to a floor where they haven't been in a long time. These are some of the things that we just need to keep in mind to make a well-functioning unit. So I hope you guys have an incredible week and I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.